Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the Word. You have your Bibles with you? We're going to go to the book of Genesis, specifically this morning, chapter 37. My favorite Bible character and what I have learned from them for tonight, my favorite Bible character is Joseph. Joseph, the son of Jacob. You remember that Jacob had all these sons and Joseph was next to the youngest son and a son of Joseph's favorite wife. And Jacob treated Joseph a little different. He was kind of, you know, it was his favorite and everyone knew it. And, uh, you know, there is a certain concern there. And I have learned something about being a father from watching Jacob make a few mistakes and what it cost his family. But for tonight, we're focusing on Joseph. You may know the story. If you don't, it's a marvelous story. In fact, it's one of the uh, stories, uh, uh, one of the accounts that takes up, you know, um, a, a lot. In fact, from Genesis chapter 37, all the way through the end of Genesis, uh, Joseph takes up all of that space, with the exception of uh, Genesis chapter 38. There's a little, uh, you know, intermission right there about Judah and Tamar. But from Genesis 37 through the end of Genesis, Joseph is the prolific figure. He's a type and a shadow of Jesus, a redeemer, a savior, someone who paid a price for others. And tonight we're specifically going to look at three different scripture verses, okay? This, each one of them uh, is, is verse five in a particular chapter. Uh, Genesis 37, verse five, Genesis 39, verse 5, and Genesis 45, verse 5. And from these three verses, we are going to draw on three things that have impacted my life and will impact yours as well. Uh, are you ready? Well, let's read our first verse, and then we'll look at our first principle this morning. In Genesis chapter 37 and verse 5, we are introduced to Joseph. The Bible says, Now, now Joseph had a dream. And he told it to his brethren, and they hated him even more. Do you remember I talked about how Joseph was a favorite son? Well, this didn't sit real well with the other brothers. And they were a little bit aggravated and irritated at him because he was treated special. And anytime somebody is treated special, other people often look at them like, oh, teacher's pet. Oh, they're the favorite. Uh, you know, uh, I, I was watching uh, an episode of Andy Griffith this past week, you know, uh, the sheriff of Mayberry, okay? And uh, uh, little Ronnie Howard was, uh, you know, Opie. And Opie was sitting at the breakfast table. Is one of the earlier episodes. Oh, Opie's sitting at the breakfast table. He's having breakfast and it's time for him to go to school. And, and uh, his dad said, uh, you know, uh, you know, did you get your homework? He said, oh, it, you know, I'll, I'll get it when I get there. It'll be okay. And he said, uh, you know, well, don't you need to work on this last night? Oh, it's no problem. He said, I'm the teacher's pet. You know, the teacher likes me this year. I'm okay. Andy looked at him. And of course, each, each one of these episodes is designed to, you know, try to teach a principle in life. That's one of the things I like about old TV. And that's one of the reasons why I watch. In fact, uh, uh, at, you know, when my daughter stayed with us while her husband was in uh, Iraq, 
um, she, when she got back after that year to her own house, she said, my goodness, you know, there, there, there's, there's color television, you know, because I watch a lot of black and white um, old movies. But here, Opie's sitting there. I'm the teacher's pet. I really don't have to study. Everything's okay this year because the teacher likes me. And, and uh, his dad said, well, you know, uh, you know, making good grades is more than just about the teacher liking you. And Opie said, well, and he named some little girl's name. I'll call her Karen. You know, um, uh, Karen's the teacher's pet, and, and, uh, uh, and, and she makes good grades. And Andy responded back by saying, well, have you ever considered that maybe she does not make good grades or doesn't get good grades because she's the teacher's pet? Maybe she's the teacher's pet because she does make good grades. You know, maybe she deserves a little praise. That was his, uh, um, you know, uh, it's not just because, you know, you're liked that you do well, but maybe you're liked because you do well. Maybe you're doing well because you're putting something into it. Here, uh, Joseph is considered to be the teacher's pet, daddy's favorite. We also can see through the rest of Joseph's life that there may have been a reason why his daddy asked him to do a few things that he asked Joseph to do that he didn't ask the others to do. He sent Joseph out to check on his brothers. Maybe that's because Joseph was responsible. Maybe his brothers weren't responsible. Maybe his brothers, you know, just being upset because, you know, uh, daddy had a favorite, you know, he's treating Joseph different. Maybe Joseph got treated different because Joseph was different. Maybe Joseph was more responsible. Maybe he was more kind. Maybe he, 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 he didn't lie to his daddy like his brothers did. Maybe he worked instead of like his brothers, you know, uh, their dad having to check up on them all the time. You know, there may be reasons why whenever you look at somebody and they're doing well, you know, you can't get mad at them because they're doing well. You, know, you can't be upset at someone because they have something you don't have. Maybe they worked for it. You know, it's pretty easy, you know, to imagine that other people just got what they got for free. But that is, you know, that is a very small-minded appraisal of other people. You know, it's important to realize that many, many, many people, most of the people that I know at least, have worked very, very hard for what they have and they keep working hard for it. So when you see someone with something, instead of, you know, uh, as the Bible says, coveting, thou shalt not covet what thy neighbor has. That's exactly what that means. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Don't look at what somebody else has and say, you know, I, I ought to have that. That ought to be mine. You know, I deserve that. That is not a godly principle, okay? It's wrong. It's, it's just not right. Now, Joseph was favored. He had a dream. And that's the first principle that we found out about Joseph, is that Joseph was a dreamer. Joseph believed in a better day. He hoped for a better day. In fact, so much so that he even dreamed of a better day. This was a God-given dream, by the way. And he understood that, that, that my future is going to be better than my right now. Uh, how was that going to be? Who knows? He was the 11th son, and you know, he, he didn't stand to get a lot of inheritance. Uh, but nonetheless, he knew things were going to be good. His brothers didn't like it, but that's not what this verse is about. This verse is about Joseph dreaming. Joseph was a dreamer all of his life. In fact, one of the things we learn about Joseph, one of the things we appreciate about him, is that when he was young, he spoke about his dream. But when he was older, his dream spoke about him. 
You know, a dream is just empty unless you do something with it. Joseph took his dream and he put some principles in his life and he began to work toward the dream. You know, a, a, a dream is not a plan. He got a plan and he began to work for it. He began to work hard for the dream that was in his heart. And that's one of the first things that I learned about Joseph is that I also in life need to be a dreamer. I need to believe in a better day, but also I need to work for that better day. Put some principles in my life that's going to actually take me to that better day. And that's what I see about Joseph. If you've had a dream from God and you have applied yourself, then not only will you speak of your dream as you should, we should declare our dream, but also your dream will one day speak about you. Well, this brings us to another principle. Let's look in Genesis 39 and verse 5. You can follow the story along, but it ends up that Joseph's brothers, you know, uh, catch him away from daddy. They put him into a pit and end up selling him as a slave to some Ishmaelites who are going down into Egypt. Now, Joseph is, you know, been treated bad, treated wrong. I mean, they were going to kill him, but, but instead they sold him as a slave. Can you imagine? Can you imagine uh, being ripped from your home, ripped from your safety, being on a mission from your father and being taken even by your brothers or anyone else, anybody take you and throw you into a pit and then they sell you into slavery, into a foreign country, taken to a foreign place and nobody knows you. Nobody, no, no, you know, nobody credits you for anything. You are just a piece of property, a piece of chattel. You are just, uh, just nothing but you know, a property. Oh, that was where Joseph was um, at, at a young age, 17 years old, as we understand. A very difficult time for Joseph. Joseph found himself on the auction block and he was purchased by a man named Potiphar and he was taken to Potiphar's house to work. Well, in the process of time, Joseph must have worked very hard, just like he did for his dad. And Joseph proved himself and got promotion after promotion after promotion. I mean, he was still a slave. How many promotions can you get as a slave? Well, uh, he evidently became the head slave, you know. Uh, and, and the Bible says that everything that Potiphar had, he became basically the administrator of Potiphar's house. And everything that Potiphar had was under his care. And, uh, you know, Joseph was doing a good job. And he, was, he was taken from his home. He shouldn't have been there, but he wasn't a complainer. He was a hard worker. And here in Genesis 39 and verse 5, the Bible says this, So it was from the time that he had made him overseer over his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all he had. Can you realize that? The blessing of the Lord was on everything that Potiphar had and everything that he had in his house and in the field. Everything he had in his house, in his field, and every asset that he had, there was a blessing on it because of Joseph. Now, this brings me to another principle. The first principle, you know, when we're young, we speak about our dreams. And when we're older, our dreams should speak about us. But in that process, we should work hard on the dreams God gives us. The second principle is, is we need to learn how to blossom where we are planted. Learn how to bloom where we're planted. You know, Joseph became a slave and he was put into his master's house. But he worked so hard for his master 
that his master recognized that the hand of the Lord is on him. I can trust him. Must have recognized the same thing that his dad recognized. And so Joseph was promoted. And so that everything that Potiphar had was under Joseph's care. And God blessed everything that Potiphar had. Everything that the master had was blessed because Joseph worked hard and trusted God. What a great testimony. It's important to realize that we don't always get to choose where we are or where we serve or where we work. We don't always get to choose the path of life that we are on. Joseph didn't, but we do get to choose how we're going to live our life wherever we find ourselves. Joseph was a very good slave. Later on, we find him in prison. He was a very good prisoner. He went to the very top and became a trustee. And he had the keys to the jail in his hand. He, he, he was a model prisoner. You know, he didn't deserve to go to jail. He didn't deserve to be sold as a slave. You know, uh, but, but he lived a life exemplary wherever he was. I bet he was a model pit person when he found himself in the pit. I bet he was a model pit person, you know. I bet he was, you know, uh, uh, not, not that he was just, you know, not that he didn't care. In fact, if anything, he cared more. He cared more about making sure that wherever he was, he did his very best because he could not control where he was, but he could control who he was. And he was one that trusted God and worked hard wherever he was. That's what I have learned. I can always, you know, through my life, determine, you know, where I am or what I go through. But I can determine who I'm going to be and how I'm going to go through it. Time after time after time, God has reminded me of Joseph so that I would also harness myself and be the man of God that God needs me and expects me and that others need me to be, even others who might be wrongfully treating me. I still want to serve God. This brings us to our third and our final point for today and a, a lesson of life that I have learned. Genesis 45 now, you know, uh, Joseph has gone through years uh, of, of uh, being in Potiphar's house and imprisoned. And, and now he's been promoted to, you know, the rank of second in all of the Egyptian empire. Pharaoh has elevated Joseph because Joseph was not only able to, to uh, tell him his dreams, but he was also able to tell him what to do about it. And Joseph was willing to work hard and had worked hard, very hard. There had been seven years of, fam uh, of, of good times. Joseph had, had worked his plan and there had been two years of famine up to this point. Joseph is now married. He has two children. And now there is a famine in all the land, including the land of Israel where he'd been sold from, and his brothers come down to Egypt. This will be the second time that they have come down. And you can read the story. It's a very amazing story. And there are a lot of principles in Joseph's life that, that we should learn. In fact, if you have a little extra time, uh, you may want to go to our website, cotr.com, and there under resources, scroll down, you'll find resources. Under resources, you can find 30 steps to success in life. They follow the life of Joseph, each step at a time. We see what Joseph did in his life in order to be able to, to become the man that he became.
you know, uh, and, and to the place, the success that he had in life. Well, here, when we get to chapter 45, you know, uh, Joseph is in front of his brothers. Only his brothers don't know him. And he's about to reveal himself to his brothers. Now remember, these are the brothers that sold him into slavery all those years earlier. You know, uh, you know a couple of decades earlier. Uh, and here is Joseph now, uh, you know, uh, He's, he's risen to the, to the top of, of, of the echelon of the empire. He has all power. They don't know him. He knows them. They don't know him. He understands their language. They don't understand his. And now he is about to reveal himself because they are, are, are in a place where they are very worried and they're very you know, afraid. And they should be. They don't know it's Joseph. But once they know it's Joseph, they wonder, is this man going to kill us? You know? Oh my goodness, we, we sold him into slavery and we lied to our father. And we told our father that animals, wild animals, had torn his favorite son apart. These were, you know, early on in life, they were cruel. They were mean. They were, you know, they, 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 they hurt him. They, in, in many ways, having yanked him from life and security and sold him into slavery and, and done all they had done, we imagine that they should be, uh, you know, guilty and worthy of, 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 you know, being hurt themselves. But that's not how God felt. And that's not how Joseph felt. That would not have accomplished the will of God. Here, Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. Uh, in verse, well, I'm going to read verse four and five. Okay. Just to set it up. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. <laughs> oh, don't you know that was a shocker. I am Joseph, your brother that you sold into Egypt, told daddy I was dead. I've been pulled apart. You know, I've been in a prison. I've been, you know, I've been, I mean, you wouldn't believe the things I've had to done had to done. You wouldn't believe the things that I have had to do. Verse five. But now, Joseph said, listen to this. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. Hold on a second. Wait. What is Joseph saying? Joseph is saying, listen, I am Joseph that you sold it, but don't be grieved and don't be angry with yourselves that you sold me as a slave, that I was ripped from my home, that I was put into a foreign place. Don't just don't be angry. Don't be grieved with yourself that you sold me here for God sent me before you to preserve life. What's he saying? This is one of the principles that I have learned early on in life. I learned a very valuable principle. What Joseph teaches us. You know, I learned that there is a big picture. You know, there's my little picture. The little things that affect me. The little things, you know, that, that, you know, you know, that affect me and those, you know. Uh, but there's a big picture. And in the big picture, it's not always all about me. I don't want to do anything other than just challenge you to realize that life is not always all about you. The things that happened to you and the things that happened to your past, the things that happened to your family, the things that happened to your ancestors, they are not always all about them or all about you. God has a bigger picture. God is working plan. In Joseph's case, particular to his case, God was the one that sent him down into Egypt 
God was the one, as Joseph declares, that sent him ahead of his family to preserve life. There is every indication that the nation of Israel, that Jacob's descendants, there's every indication, every reason to imagine what Joseph is saying, that they would not have survived. They would not have ended up where they are today and us where we are today had not Joseph gone through this crucible. And it was personally hard for Joseph. It don't think it was easy. It wasn't. Can you imagine the lonely nights? Can you imagine the crying? Can you imagine being put in chains? Can you imagine being, being taken and sold on an auction block? Can you imagine being ripped from your family? Can you imagine spending years in jail, unfair treatment? Can you imagine? Well, it happened to Joseph. And Joseph understood the big picture that it was not all about him. It was about people who were not even born yet. It was even about you and about me. Just like Jesus Christ, God understood and had a plan that someone else would pay for a future yet to unfold. Had it not been for Jesus Christ, I would not be saved today. But don't think it was easy for him to go to the cross. Don't think it was easy for him to be beaten. Don't think it was easy for him to be uh, you know, uh, uh, rejected and despised and spit upon and shamed. Don't think it was easy. It wasn't. But yet the Bible says that he endured that shame for the joy that was set before him. That means this, that he understood that God had a plan. It was a big picture, not a small picture. It was not all about him. It was all about others and others that had not even been born yet. That's what Joseph was saying. Okay, look, you sent me here. Nah, God sent me here. God sent me here with a plan, with a plan that no one understood and no one could see. But you wouldn't be here today and you wouldn't be safe today, probably wouldn't even exist today if God had not used someone else to pay a price for you. Where should we be? We should be grateful and thankful. We should be honoring these people. We shouldn't be trying to, to you know, uh, imagine that it was some, something, you know, that should not have happened. Joseph said it should have. I know there are a lot of implications running around in your mind right now. You know, I can't tell you that I know every plan of God, but I can tell you this. The people endure hardship in the past, whether it was those that, that came on the Mayflower or to Jamestown where half died, more than half died that first winter, or if it was your ancestors that had to pay a difficult price, some of them coming over to this nation in chains. Whatever may be the case, perhaps you could find yourself on your knees and on your face before God. Maybe He could speak to you and let you know that not everything that was done that was wrong turned out to the detriment of our nation, our world, our families today. Some of the things that happened, not all of them, not all of them. You know, there's no way in the world that that God condones cruelty. But there are situations in life that you may be called to go through. There are situations in life that you may be called to endure. 
that may not be all about you. Get a big picture and realize that God has a plan. He will succeed and you have a chance to participate and it may not all be fun and, you know, things that you want to do. Well, those are the lessons I've learned from Joseph, among many others. We learned that we need to dream and we need to work hard on our dream. Number two, we have learned uh, from Joseph again in chapter 39 that we need to blossom where we're planted. Wherever we find ourselves, we need to make sure that we are doing what we should do, that we are the person we should be without respect to what else, what else is going on around us. Okay. Uh, you know, let me just say one word there about love and forgiveness. Forgiveness and love is the measure of God in the person that is loving, in the person that is forgiving. It's not the measure of God in the person that needs forgiving. You see, if you forgive someone, it's the measure of God in you, not them. They can still be a rat. They can still be wrong. They can still be that sorry person they were. But when you forgive them, it speaks of the God in you. If you love someone, it speaks of God in you. You know, God loves me and God forgives me. It says nothing about me. God gave His Son for me. It says nothing. The gift says nothing about the one that receives it. It says everything about the one that gives it. So, remember what Joseph taught us. And let's be the person. Let's blossom where we're planted. And then number three, let's also embrace the reality that there is a big picture out here that we may not can see. And we may be playing an important and vital part an important, critical role in that plan of God. And it's not always all about us. Sometimes it's about people who are not even born yet. While life continues to unfold, let's do all we can to preserve it. Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.